What's up, everybody? Man, we have an awesome show today. Chris Poliska, he is the CEO of Total Quality Lending and uh, just an incredible entrepreneur, great real estate investor. He, he would actually say that real estate saved his life. And so you are going to get to hear an amazing story, an amazing journey of a guy who literally started in the corporate world, built a position there where he was earning seven figures, literally a seven figure salary and walked away from that in order to pursue his dream and vision. So we talk about like, what does it take to form confidence, to build confidence and what you need to have in place to walk away from your job? You know, maybe that's what a lot of you are thinking about. And then we talk about, you know, some going back to the basics, like how do we actually create margin in, in doing things like house hacking? And he, you know, he has a great perspective on this because they do a ton of lending across the nation on one to four units, both primary and rentals. And so it's just a really exciting show. I think you're going to really love, regardless if you're an early real estate investor or you've been in this game a while, uh, getting to hear from a guy who's a successful business owner and entrepreneur and, and how he's dealing with some of those stresses, anxieties. And then we end with some really, uh, really great conversation about what does it mean to be a parent in the midst of a growing business. So I just really enjoyed the show. I think you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's get in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Kingdom REI Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and joined today. Man, I just love like when you connect with somebody offline and you have such a fun, good connection. I'm like, dude, I got to have you on the show. Like, I know this is going to be a really, really fun episode for our listeners. So uh, welcome, Chris Poliska, to the, the show, everybody. What's up, man? I'm fired up to be here, man. Excited to get to spend an hour with you, man. That's that's a blessing in itself. Dude, our I'm the first banker on the show. You know, nice. like a lot of it in this, it's different to say like I'm an investor. Do you ever think like do you ever introduce yourself like, hey, I own a bank, or hey, like I'm in? Do you say you're in real estate, or do you say you're in banking? I, I say I'm in real estate, but that's part because I'm a real estate investor too. But like it just it's weird. Like, oh, you you own a bank? What? Like people are like, what does that mean? Like, how does that work? Right. So right. Right. Like for the, for the audience real quick, like can, can anyone own a bank? Like you just, how do you even start a bank? Yeah. So it's a very complicated process, but um, a lot of compliance, a lot of approvals, a lot of background checks. If you got a speeding ticket, it's, it's going to throw you, throw you to the high pressure of uh, interrogation. <laughs> I got a call from when we were setting up our banking lines and they're like, Hey, what happened in 2015? And I'm like, 2015. Um, man, I don't know. I'm all nervous. Like, what? It's like, you were driving down to Mammoth Lakes, California. I'm like, <laughs> oh, a speeding ticket? What? So that's um, insane. It, it's, it's really background check, really building up your, your net worth. And it's not just about how much money you have. You have to have experience too, right? So you have to get approvals based on your experience of, of how much uh, mortgage banking that you've done in your career. Wow. So it's I mean, I'm really excited to have you on, a lot, especially paying especially to serve this audience because I think you have such a unique insight into the world of real estate as someone who does loans uh, and lending for, you know, primarily real estate investors, both primary home rental properties. So I'm really excited to get into that today. I mean, just also your story, right? I mean, you literally would say, you know, of course, Christ is your savior, but real estate was the vehicle that saved, that really got you back on the rails yep, of life. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And we so I know the, the total quality life. Uh, faith, family, fitness, wellness, and, and business, but uh, starts with the Lord and ends with real estate. Come on, man. I like that. Well, hey, uh, I want to pray for us to get us started. And I want to just jump into your store, man, because I know it's going to be really powerful for those listeners. So God, thank you for Chris. Thank you for saving him. Um, and, and then giving him wisdom. You are the owner um, of all wisdom and power and knowledge. And so I pray that 
that you uh, thank thank you that you've given that to Chris, and I pray that God you would unveil, you would unlock what is secret and hidden, and make, make that plain to us today. And so we pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Take me back a little bit, man, and just give some context to our listeners. I was talking offline. I saw your Instagram today. Guys, you're not following Chris on Instagram. I'll put the link down below. Go follow Chris on Instagram. Uh, he has a personal account. By the way, TotalQualityLending.com. That's the name of your, your website as well, right, for those who are yep. interested. In, yep, in, yep. Uh, Same on Instagram too as well. So there was a post of you, and just like to be blunt, like, bro, you you were big. Big boy. <laughs> A big boy is the best way I, I can say that. And so, you know, we we're talking about just kind of transformation of, of all of this. So take us back a little bit, man, like you, you, your entry into this. And, and what do you mean that like real estate literally saved your life? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a long story, but uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it uh, to, to, to the brief uh, short version story. But, you know, I had graduated college, um, got an accounting degree was sitting around crunching numbers. And I'm like, man, this is not me. I don't want to be sitting in a cubicle crunching numbers and not interacting with people. Um, so that dream kind of died. I think that was more my dad's dream for a, for a steady job because he was an entrepreneur. So he wanted something safe and steady. So I was like, man, I just, I want to be successful, right? I, I always had a good heart. I grew up Catholic, but kind of fell away from, from the Lord uh, during my, my college uh, 20s, early 20s years. So I'm like, I want to be really successful so I can be very generous, have this great life, the Ferrari out front, the beautiful family, the little girls, right? And, and just just kill it, right? Like that's what success, the world's uh, definition of success. And so uh, my dad owned a valet parking company. So I was valeting cars at Mastro's Steakhouse, like the cream of the crop driving Brugatti's in Newport Coast, California. Um, and I'm like, man, this is where the money's at. Maybe I can make some connections here and and uh, figure out what people are doing to make a lot of money. And so that's how I got into the, to the real estate uh, banking industry. I uh, was parking cars and started making friends. And this guy, he came in four or five times a week, uh, different girls, just wearing a suit, all ready to go. I'm like, man, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, this guy's got to be spending like five grand a week here. Like this guy's got to be doing something big time, right? And so he was a, a VP for a, a mortgage bank, one of the top 10 at the time. And I, he's like, man, your personality, your customer service. He's like, you can make more than doctors and lawyers. And you got, we got to get you out of this parking lot and get into the mortgage business. Um, and that's when the journey began and uh, got on that path uh, at that big firm and started from the bottom, eight bucks an hour, was valeting at night and was just determined. I wanted to be that guy. That was my first uh, mentor. And he taught me a lot about sales and you know, customer service and getting in and business development, and all these things. And uh, I went in as an athlete, but was really determined on the work part, right? Hey, if I make enough money, the family's going to fall into place. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be a good person. My health will work out because I'm going to have a lot of money. I can, you know, just pay for to, to be in shape, right? Like when you got money, everything works. And so I went down that journey and I was determined the day I started to get into his position. And that took me on a five and a half year journey where I eventually got there. But through that, I had lost myself. I was only focused on work. And my wife at the time wasn't focused on our relationship. I'd fallen away from God completely. Hmm. Was, a, was a good person, still believed, but he he wasn't, he only prayed when I was like, had a bad night drinking, right? And I'm like, oh, please, Lord, not tonight. Yeah. Don't take <laughs> me, right? Uh, that was kind of the journey. And I woke up one day and I was 312 pounds. Had been an athlete, worked out my whole life. 
Um, I, there was a joke that it said the bigger, the bigger your belly, the bigger your pockets. I started making that joke. Right. So as I continue to progress and make more money, is, it, is um, that what big, is that what big people do? They, they, they make jokes about Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It the is big, true. Hey, you need bigger, bigger pockets, the bigger you yeah, get. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was, that was the, the rolling joke to, to get me through. And, uh, I just woke up one day and I was just very unhappy and, and hopeless. I got this promotion. I was the uh, vice president of Southern California and it lasted for like 15 seconds, right? And so I got there, was determined, driven, got where I needed to go, was making a ton of money at 25 years old, almost close to seven figures. I just felt hopeless. Like it lasted for 15 seconds. That promotion, the trophy, the owners put me up on the pedestal. And I'm like, man, I thought this was what success was all about. And I was just, I was broken. I was devastated and very lost. Right. And I was like, who am I? What's my, what, what am I doing on this earth that this is not success? What is, what is success? Right. And that's where I really went down a journey. There was a two week period. I went through like a funk. I stopped, I was in charge of 300 people. I stopped answering their calls. Oh, I'm working from home, sat on the couch, felt sorry for myself. Just really went through a funk that I'd never been as a driven person. And, uh, just finally woke up, was crying, looked in the mirror and, it's, and said, it's time to man up, right? It's time, you know, if you work out and you know, if you're, if you're in shape, you feel better, right? Maybe you need to start there. And so I went on that fitness journey that the picture you saw from 312 and I lost 60 pounds in about four and a half months. Um, so I started feeling better. And then I really started going a, down a self-discovery process. Like, well, what is life all about? What is success? Like, even if I'm in shape, I, all this other stuff isn't, isn't helping me. And at the time, why I say real estate saved me is I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt, making over $500,000 a year in my twenties with no kids. So um, how, how do you, how do you go into that much debt when you're making that much? Like what were you in debt on? Ir irresponsible, um, got into some bad habits, um, and just partying, eating steak dinners all the time. Yeah. I became the person that I saw, yeah. right? I'm spending three grand a week. It's like, you know, you got to remember. So it, was like, it was like credit card debt. Yeah, credit card debt. Yeah, got into some credit card debt. Luckily, I was uh, smart enough at 22 while I was running rampant that I uh, put together one of my commission checks, three and a half percent down and bought a little condo to get started in my real estate journey. I think I was either 22, 23, couple years in the business. Um, and that was in Southern California and that had skyrocketed three years later, I'd made like 150 grand. Right. And so, um, with that, I was able to kind of start from scratch and you sold that condo. Yeah. Sold that condo, paid off all my debt, put a little bit of money in the bank, um, and started saying, you know, I, I don't, I'm sick and tired. Most people go their whole life, just the, the, what we call the hamster wheel when it comes to finances. And I'm like, I'm going to learn about money. I'm going to learn about investing my money. I never want to feel like this again. And really went down that journey of trying to figure out where I put my money. How do I grow my money? Well, that was going on. You know, I started, I found God again. So my faith was, was really gave me hope. Um, the fitness was great, like was feeling good, but I was still very hopeless uh, in the journey and, and uh, came, came back to the Lord, um, became a Christian at Saddleback, got baptized there by Pastor Rick Warren with my wife, who's now my wife. She's my girlfriend. She's been through the whole journey with me. We call her St. Megan. We have four kids, four under five. So, wow, I didn't realize yeah. they were four under five, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, really got the faith going. And then I said, hey, man, if I could work 60 hours on my business, what would I do if I spent 10 or 15 hours 
uh, on my relationship with my girlfriend, like things would be pretty good. Right. And so really said, all right, man, I got to focus on this relationship and, and make sure that's going good. And with my family, even like my parents and stuff, I got so busy at work that I would, you know, a, a client would be calling, but my mom would call me, oh, I'll call her back when I'm calling the client. Right. Like, what if I put in some work on in the, my relationships, my family? And then two, I wanted to realize, like, why did I do what I do? How, how did I create these habits? Uh, where do they come from? And I really went deep into personal development and mindset and meditation and reading books and going back to my childhood and, you know, tying things together and, and saying, okay, this is, if you understand, you're aware and really working on my, my mental health and, and, and wellness uh, part of the journey. And what I realized is I, all these things started going together and I was feeling really great. My faith was good. My family was good. My fitness was good. I'm now like on track. I'm not a yo-yo. I dealt with that with a lot of my life. I've stayed pretty consistent um, and then my mind was good. I'm meditating, I'm praying, all these different great things. And then the business, I was still in that role, in that corporate role, and just something didn't jive. It was traditional corporate culture, right? Yeah. Like politics, having to make decisions that I didn't want to make or didn't agree with that affected other people. And that was really irking me. So I started regressing in these other, in, in my faith, in my family. And I started, you know, drinking a little bit more and snapping uh, on my, on my, now fiance, no longer girlfriend. We're getting serious now. It's, we're getting we're getting married, right? And so what I correlated is all these things run together, right? You might be out of balance and your business might require more time than in some seasons of your life, but you got to be working on all of these things constantly because when your business is down, family life's not as great because you're stressed out, right? When when you're fit, when your wife's mad at you or your kids are, are, are mad at you, or you don't feel like you're present at home, your business suffers. Right. And so you got to work on all these things. So for the last straw for me was the business um, side. And I said, Hey, I need to step into an environment and curate environment that is based on this journey of who I am and our core values of, uh, of what I believe. And uh, ultimately that's how I started our company. I walked away from a seven figure uh, position there. Uh, started from scratch when my second daughter was 10 days after my second daughter was born. People thought I was crazy, but I just felt I, I'd found my purpose. Um, and I had started investing in real estate at that point, saving money, started getting some more properties and started really getting that going too. So that was uh, kind of part of the journey of, of uh, how real estate saved my life, really how Jesus saved my life, but him, him and real estate Real estate allowed me to get a fresh start. That's I, there's so many things in there, man. You said that I, I wanna I wanna dive into. I'm curious though, like you went from this salary based business, this salary role where you got money coming in. How how do you flip that to becoming now the business owner? Like how how do you leave a seven? I mean anything high paying professional role and say, hey, I'm gonna now go take on the risk of starting a business especially a bank dude yeah. like what was that transition like and how, how do you even go from letting go of someone paying you a salary to owning your own business why and you know walk 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 my audience through that journey because like a lot of people are are it was just someone boxed me today hey i'm just tired of my job i can't leave at the moment but i or i want to leave i don't know how to leave like walk me through that yeah. So I think for me, there's a, a couple of things. I think through this journey, I had built a lot of confidence in myself, right? From going from 312 to losing 80 pounds total. Like 
that built a lot of comp. I can do anything I put my mind to, right? So things non-related to work built, built my confidence that no matter what happens to me, no matter what hole I'm in, if you go back and look at your life and what you've made it through, you've made it through a lot. Every person has. And that was my fuel. I'm like, I made it through this, 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 and this. And that really helped me build my confidence. And then two, just having an intentional plan. All right, what is the plan, right? Because money does matter. You might have a family. I was I had my second kid on the way. So having an intentional plan of, hey, I need to have some money in the bank, right? If you're serious about getting out of that position and you want to take the risk and get on the other side is having an intentional savings plan and other, other sources like real estate, right? Start investing in real estate while you're, you're still working there, which is most people's plan is they want to replace their income and move forward. So I think an intentional financial plan of how to get there to make sure that you feel comfortable and you're, you've got to meet your family's needs, right? Totally. I think those were probably the two, two biggest things for me is I just put together a plan. I said, hey, I'm going to execute on this. I'm going to start making sure I have other income coming in. I got enough in the bank to ride this thing out and give it a shot and, and belief in myself, which I had built over all the adversity that I had been through. And I think yeah. most people forget what they've been through, right? And so that was a big thing for me is like, dude, I made it through all this. Like that was way riskier than me making this move if I'm really logically calculating this, right? Which is where a lot of people get stuck. And yeah. so processing in that way really helped me make the decision. But it was still, I was scared. You know, there was a lot of sleepless nights right at the beginning. You're going to get that on the other side. But I mean, I, I for me, I had found my purpose. And what, what my biggest fear was not recent, reaching my God-given potential at that point mm -hmm. in my life, right? And so no amount of money was worth me not going and reaching my God-given potential. And that was really the big thing for me. I got to that point where it's like, I'll, I'll risk it all to reach my God-given potential. And I'm not going to do it in my current position. And that, that's, that's what kept me up at night. Here's a question for you, man. Cause, cause you've had, you know, seven figure salary. Like most people don't get that, right? Like it's, that's, that's hard to create. And, and yet you still wanted something more. So can money buy happiness? Like, what do you think about that? I mean, yet you, you, you didn't go into pastoral ministry or, or missions work, you know, like that, you, you went and started another business, which is a for-profit company. So what do you think? Money can buy happiness if it's used for the right reasons uh, is what I believe. I think money can't buy happiness is kind of a cliche. I think if you do the right things with the money, it can buy happiness, right? It ultimately comes down to purpose. Purposeful money can buy happiness, mm -hmm. right? And so being able to provide for your family, being able to do God's work, being able to just help less fortunate people, like that does give you, you know, when you're feeling hopeless, being hopeful helps, right? And having some money to do that makes you happier. So that's kind of my take on money can't buy happiness. I see a lot of people say that, and I agree because- what I talked about, my definition of success and the worldly definition of success was money can buy happiness in material ways and all these other ways and promotions and all these others. And that that can't buy happiness. It has to you, you have to make the money matter. And I think that's what that's where it can buy happiness. Yeah, that's great, man. So so why did you ultimately go into the lending space and especially, you know, talk a little bit kind of your specialty at, at total total quality lending and, you know, you, you keep talking about your purpose. I mean, what what did you find or what, what was unveiled that made you say, hey, my purpose has to do with giving, you know, FHA loans to people or one to four, you know, loans to folks. I mean, how, how does that come into play? Like, why, why are you so excited and passionate about this type of, of banking and lending? 
so I think there's again my story of um, it saved me from being in debt, and yeah. unfortunately, that's 99% of of people out there is they have a lot of debt, they feel stuck, etc. And real estate, really, for the everyday American person, is one of the only ways to retire nowadays is one of the only ways to get out of that situation and that's where my passion came through my personal experience of of that and then then I started scaling right I, I I bought multiple properties and then I bought rental portfolio and then I got into multifamily right and I saw the income and all that stuff grow and when my business it saved me again obviously people know where interest rates are at they know they went from three to 7.6. We got it absolutely annihilated. 40% of mortgage banks went out of business in the last 18 months. And why are we still here? Because my real estate investments, I was able to keep my people because I had this other income. So now it's created an opportunity and income and equity, an opportunity for me to stay in the game yeah. and be able to survive this without folding my company, et cetera. And so that's why I'm super passionate about it. I think for an everyday person, they think it's not possible, but it's just... It, there, it just starts with one, right? And then yeah. multiple. Um, and so that's that's really where my passion uh, lies is is helping people with that. So a couple of things. I want to kind of, there's a couple of questions maybe for those who are listening who are new to real estate, but then for also the experienced entrepreneurs and kind of going and leading and building a business, there's things I want to ask you about because you've done both. So you work with a lot of folks who are new to real estate, buying their first property, you know, maybe second property. To your point, trying to get some margin, right? So if someone's like, hey man, I'm working this job, I'm making, you know, probably 60, 80 grand a, a year. That's a lot of people's scenario right now. I'm just looking to kind of get some 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 optionality to my life. Like, I don't even want to be rich. I just don't want to be so dependent. What are some of the strategies you're seeing right now, man? Some some and and, and lending products, et cetera. Like what path do you do you see forward for people kind of in that place? I think it's that's the best time to build, right? Because you got the income on on paper. So if I were had one or two and was trying to scale my portfolio, I think the best thing you can do, which I wasn't able to do because I had a family young, um, and I just didn't know this strategy then, but was to to what people call house hacking, right? Like find a duplex a three unit, a four unit, live in one. You can repeat that year after year, get some rental income going, live in it for a year and then move on to the next one, right? You could do that with little to no money down. Like that is, I wish I would have known that when I forbought my first house. That is like the best strategy. If you're young, you don't, you can, uh, you can, allow yourself to move. You don't have a bunch of kids, right? That walk my audience through that, that you can do that with little money down. How's that possible? With an FHA loan, you can do three and a half percent down uh, on a fourplex, right? Like I got a guy right now in Florida, he's buying a fourplex. It's going to make him 3,500 bucks, right? And he's, he's bringing less than 20 K to the table, right? Like he's same situation W2. He's done it once before. Now he's got a second one. He's on his way to replacing his income with little to, to no money out of so pocket. So he's putting down 20 grand. So on, on a, what's, what's that three and a half percent, that's 20 grand of what? Uh, so his purchase price is right around 450. Yeah. So 450. So he's putting down 0.035. So he's putting down, yeah, you said right around 15 grand, you know, so he's putting maybe a little about 5% down on this asset and you say it's cash flowing him $3,500 a month. Yep. 3,500 a month. Yeah, bro. So he's going to be out of his investment in, in four months. I mean, yeah, in half a year. Yep. yep. Right. Yep. And so 
you're saying, and then he's building equity in that, and and then essentially he can. So then a year later, he can take that FHA loan and go apply it to another another Absolutely. house. Yeah. So that's what most people don't realize. You can have multiple FHA loans. You have to have some sort of circumstance, right? So in his case, his job lets him work remote, so he moved from Connecticut to Florida. Right. Okay, cool. He's got an FHA on the other one. That makes sense. Right. And so you can kind of roll that. They you have to occupy for one year and move on. But that's kind of his strategies. A single With guy a good circumstance. You figure out like what's well, the circumstance you can explain to the IRS and move on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about uh, having having a lender that that understands these guidelines and can help you kind of get through and navigate the best way to grow your portfolio. And I think if I were in that situation, that's the best strategy. And then number two, I think would be another strategy is maybe you you can't do that, right? Because I always like to give alternatives. People are like, well, I got kids. I can't live in a duplex with my kids or triplex. I think you can. It depends how bad you want it, right? <laughs> Dude, but, I got, uh, I'm already thinking like, man, it's funny. Like, you know, like you, you do, it's, it's so crazy, man. Like the Sometimes you go back to the basics, right? Like I'm hearing you talk. I'm like, why are we not still doing this? Right. right? right. Like, <laughs> why are we still not doing this? Cause like you get out of the grind hustle mode of like where yeah. you started as a young entrepreneur, so broke, you know, back against the wall and you get comfortable and you, you hear these stories again. It's like, dude, I love you. Why, why, who would say no to the extra $3,500 a month right now? Like that's yeah. crazy. So it's but okay. Give me the alternative though. Alternative though. Is like I hope my audience is like, Let's yeah. go. All right, I'm getting excited. But and then I think another another option is you can do the same in some markets. I like uh, Indianapolis, Columbus. Um, there's some pockets in Tennessee. The Carolinas are great. All those are great pockets. I got a guy. He's buying a duplex for 200. He's coming up with 40 or 50. That's a little bit more money, right? But that's bringing him in 1,500 bucks a month, right? In in income, right? And so as an investment property, you got to put 20 to 25 percent down on that. Yep. But there is markets where you can get in at lower prices or you can partner with people with money. If you have the good income, there's so many ways to go about it. Um, if if not moving in is not your option, yep. if you got good income on paper, that's like the golden goose. Right. And yep. so I think people get caught up on, well, I don't have enough money or this or that. And we can include the rental income as well to qualify you or I don't qualify. Same with the FHA. Right. So those that thirty five hundred. I'm, I'm using it for him to qualify too. So what qualifies just, living there for years? You have to live there like more than six months out of that year. Like what qualifies living? Living, being in the property for a year. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like workarounds that could you Airbnb some of that time people, too? Like, yeah. Yeah. People do. People do. Especially if you're kind of work remote or you're traveling, that type of stuff. So that's kind of his goal is he'll yeah. do some Airbnb and stuff like that. But, you know, FHA can can be a little strict, right? But yeah. um, they usually yeah. don't come knocking down the doors. But that's what I was always wondering. We did FHA, you know, and no, and I live. I mean, I lived there. I legit did. Like yeah, anybody's yeah. listening, like it's past. You can't go check now, but I definitely lived there. Yeah. But no one ever came knocked on my door. No, yeah, no, but it's 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 really integrity, and us as the lender, obviously, we want to make sure we stay in compliance, right? So that's totally. that's the thing. We got to make sure it all makes sense. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Have you ever had anyone come knock on doors? uh no no so not, it really is kind career. of yeah high integrity with the lender yeah it, and it's all about underwriting is all about 
make sense. Yeah. What's the story, right? And that's why working with a good lender is important. Like, does this story make sense? Yeah. If they live in Connecticut and have to work there and they're buying in Florida, but their employer says they got to be in the office of Connecticut, it's like, no, that's not going to make sense, right? Like, yeah. So make sense underwriting. All right. So for real quick, just want you guys to know total quality lending. I just love this dude, man. I, I want to make sure people know, like, Shit, man. and here's the thing, man, what's crazy about this is like, we're talking about people just getting started, but bro, like, you know, I told you this is the first time I've said this on the podcast show. We're, um, we're leaving California, right? Like we're, yeah. we're packing up, we're dipping. We're not sure where we're going yet. So yes, everybody, we're leaving California. Uh, I made the first announcement here, but, um, you know, like, here's an opportunity for us. Like we don't, you know, we could go do this a couple times. Right. Yeah. So my point is like, this is for everybody. So what States do you lend? Do you lend most across the country? Yeah. So we lend in 30 States, right around 30 States, which is on our website too. But yeah. any state that's really good to invest in right now, you better believe we got it. Right. So, yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, yeah. Illinois, Absolutely. Indiana, Ohio, Virginia, yeah. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, yeah. New Jersey, Connecticut, you're in all those, Minnesota, Michigan, California, Nevada. Yeah, Oregon, Washington, Idaho. So all, yeah. the, all, the, all the good ones where, where real estate really makes sense. Okay, that's exciting, man. That's exciting. So so those are great alternatives for folks is, is, is doing that. In, your thoughts right now, man, I mean, let me ask you a couple questions about home ownership or getting into loans right now. I mean, clearly you've already said it elf in the room bro interest rates are high. <laughs> like, yeah. i mean high you know and on the multifamily side like so high like it's hard to make sense man you're you're underwater in the sense that like your 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 interest rate is is significantly higher than you're going in cap rate now i know cap rates are remote you know it's not really how we're valuing one to four units but but walk me through that right like how are we how are you making deals work or, or do you recommend folks you know, especially a 30 year mortgage right now at a 7%, 8% interest rate, like walk us, what, what is your thought on buying a one to four unit deal with an FHA? What kind of products are you seeing that work best for this type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, the FHA is good right now. Conventional is good as well. And a little bit, we do a lot, everything. So like if somebody comes to us, they want to buy their first one or they want to scale up and even over four units, Hey, they want to buy a 12 unit. Um, we do DSCR loans, which basically a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's underwritten like a, a commercial loan. So basically whatever the property will rent for is what we'll lend you, right? Usually you need 20% down minimum, but it's not based on your W-2 income. Um, you have to have the assets, et cetera, uh, on that front. So those are good, but I think it's a great time to buy right now because everybody, you got to find the right deals, right? And if you're too busy. You should be connecting with somebody who knows what they're doing and, and partnering up, right? Like what you do. I, I'm a big proponent. When I was in the midst of my business, um, how I got into multifamily is somebody who was had the time, did it full time. I gave them money syndication, right? And, and that made sense, right? I'm a busy entrepreneur. I can't be calling tenants and doing all these other things. You got to know where you're at, right? That's where a lot of people bite themselves in the foot. They take on more than they can chew off right with their time that's one thing you got to know too is where are you at if you have a little extra time then maybe you could do it on your own if not you need to find mentors that know what they're doing especially in this market 
Um, but I think it's a great, great market. I mean, we're helping so a lot still of still taking on, you know, 30 year loans, man, at, at these higher interest rates. I mean, what, 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 what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, the, at some point the rates are going to come down. If I had a crystal ball, I'd obviously be uh, on a yacht, you know, sipping yeah. martinis is what they would say. Probably not yeah. anymore, but, uh, <laughs> but um, the rates are going to come down at some point. Right. And so there's a, a massive opportunity right now. The problem in the marketplace right now is the shortage of inventory. Right. So home prices are still going up. Um, assets are still going up. Obviously, you know, in the multifamily uh, space, there's a lot of bit bridge debt and stuff. So that might be a little bit tough right now. But anything that's not on that type of financing, there's just not a lot of it out there. Yeah. And so these prices keep skyrocketing. I don't see that going anywhere because there's a shortage of housing in the United States. We've never been in that ever before. And that's what people don't realize. Yeah, rates are 7.6 or Etc. If you're getting a DSCR, I'm quoting some people, some people eight and a half right now, but the numbers are working. And if the yeah. numbers work right now on these properties, imagine when this turns, because it's yeah. going to turn at some point because our government needs to refinance their own debt, right? Yeah. So once it becomes a problem for us, then it will flow down. And so um, that's my take right now is just running your numbers. And if the numbers work, I think you got to be more cautious right now and uh, conservative when you run your numbers. But if they're working right now, you gotta, you gotta be willing to take the risk knowing that down the road, you're gonna be able to have a lot of upside where a lot of people are a little scared because of what they're seeing in the media. Oh, we're coming to a recession, rates are, are high. What I'm seeing out there right now is not enough properties and a lot of people wanting to buy properties. And I don't see that going anywhere, so. Hey, this could be total hearsay, but I heard it from a neighbor, you know, and like, you know, you neighbors talk, they kind of share all kind of crazy stuff. He told me there's a new lending product out there where you don't, you're, there's no PMI. You're putting like three and a half, five percent down, but no PMI. Have you heard of this yet? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we do that too. Um, we call it, it's yeah, no PMI. You can do 3% down on a conventional. Um, that's owner occupied. And then you can do um, 5% or three or 5% on conventional, 3% if you're a first time home buyer. If you're a second home buyer, you can do 5% down, no PMI. And so how that, does that work? I mean, is that just the government saying, hey, we want to try and get get more houses sold or what? Yeah, basically, um, they have changed some of their things to try to make it more affordable with the interest rate. So they've changed their pricing adjustments, et cetera, to make it more affordable, especially for first time home buyers. But basically, you're buy, you can buy out the PMI without paying extra, um, which is a good option right now. Transparently, you're getting a little bit higher rate than market but you're not paying PMI, higher tax deduction, and you're going to be able to refinance it when rate goes down. So that's kind of how it's worked on the back end, not to get so a little bit higher time. rate you're paying now with no PMI. And then you, yeah, can but I mean, the savings is substantial because PMI is high. It's not tax deductible. Yeah. So it's a smart move to make yeah. um, right now. So that's a good product. And then a lot of these non-QM loans, like bank statement loans. So if you're if you're uh, self-employed, we help a lot of self-employed people, and oh, they come and they, and they 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 struggle because obviously you know with write-offs, expenses, yeah. all that stuff. And so there's bank statement loans you can do with 10% down on owner occupied, where you could pay no PMI as well, which non-qualified products don't have PMI. Um, so there's a lot Bro. of products and that's I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited yeah. already, man. I'm 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 gonna we're gonna be doing some some business. Guys, Chris is my guy. Make sure you hit him up. Total quality lending. I'm not getting no I should be getting a cut, bro. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not, absolutely. guys. This is just I like I'm I'm a big Chris and I are in another mastermind together. Good dude here and uh really excited he's gonna help. Let me ask you a couple like let me fire a couple things at you. 
Do you think, you know, Grant Cardone, I know you know him, a lot of my audience know him. He's always, man, like, home ownership is trash. You know, like, what do you think? Do you think he's right or wrong, man? What, what, do, you, let's, what do you think about Grant Cardone's statement on home ownership? I think if you look at it in a conventional way, like I've always looked at real estate as an investment and my wife not like might not have liked that, right? Because we're always, we're on the move. You know what I mean? Now it's like, we got kids, so I'm changing my strategy, right? But I, I lived in places and then I moved on, got other ones. Like I talked about, I use that strategy, just not on, on two to three or four units, but on single families, right? And that helped me build a portfolio, right? And so I think home ownership is not trash, um, if you use it in the right way. And at the end of the day, paying rent, you're throwing money away. So I don't agree with that statement. I mean, having something is better than nothing, but I do agree. You need to go into home ownership with a strategy of, of helping build wealth, not just a place to live. And I think that's what traditionally what people look at home ownership as, and it needs to be more than that. This is a, a legitimate way to build wealth for you and your family long-term. And if you make the right moves, it can really make a difference for you in your life. So if you approach it with that, home ownership is not trash. I mean, to your point, if you're house hacking a place and you got three units paying you rent, you're living in a place and you're making income, $3,500, that's, I mean, that's hard, right? To argue with, right? My brother, he did buy a single family home, but he was smart because he's got an older brother that's, you know, telling him all about these ideas. And so he bought a place where he has a separate thing where he can Airbnb. So yeah. Airbnb even though it's kind of a one unit place, he's still Airbnb in half his house. Dude's covering his mortgage. Yeah. And I think it's about getting educated too, right? Because even if you go buy a place where your family lives, like the appreciation is, is through the roof. I mean, we're projecting another 8% in the next 12 months, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the problem with most people is they don't, they're not educated enough. And most, most people that are educating out there, like traditionally, like, lenders and traditional real estate agents, et cetera, they don't show people how to use your home to build wealth. That's the key, right? How do I, I've helped so many people tap into HELOCs to get cash flow going, right? Uh, during these times, like they're sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity, doing nothing with it, living paycheck to paycheck. There's no reason to be living like that when you got money sitting in your house. You just got to know how to access it and get the education from the right people to tap in too. So that's a huge thing too. I don't, that's why I think owning real estate is great no matter what, if you know how to use the tools and, and the pros of real estate to help you live a better life or like yeah. what we like to say, a total quality life. My man, I got, I got one more question for you. Was, you know, I was thinking about this last night. You're a dad of four. You know, we both work pretty hard and we're both in pretty stressful industries, you know, especially with real estate has been right now. And I, I was thinking about this, you know, I come home and it's not been an easy season, you know, a lot of fires everywhere. And I realized like my two-year-old doesn't give a, you know, what about yeah. how hard my day was, bro. You know, like she don't give a dang. And uh, so I just want to like get, get your thoughts, man, on like, what's it like being a dadpreneur and how you flip that switch from man, I just worked eight hours, you know, maybe maybe longer day, whatever it is, stressful, hard day. But dude, you still gotta come home and show up, man, because you got young kids who who don't really care how yeah. hard your day was. They just wanna hang out with dad. Like, what's that like for you, man? It's a challenge, man. Like that's the ongoing challenge. But I think it comes down to intentionality. Like I mentioned my story, like I'm 
it's a little bit every day, right? I'm, I've, my mindset is to work on all these areas because I know I'm happier, right? And coming, start showing up with that mindset, even if I get punched in the face, which I do most days, right? In the office, something goes wrong and there's problems to solve, right? Is really, it was really doing that. So really being in the mornings, mornings like me time. I think that's critical too. I think if you don't take care of yourself, you're, it's hard to take care of your family. And that was a big lesson for me. If I don't love myself, I can't love anybody else, yeah. right? And so I, I get that dedicated time, which gets my mind right to be able to be with my family and pour into them and love them the way they need to. But some things I do is when I come home, I try to put my phone away for a little bit uh, to, to just be present because that's usually what triggers me thinking all over the place. I try to find different times and pockets to, to hang out with my kids. Like I'll tell my wife to bring them into the office for a little bit and hang out and do lunch. So different creative ways and just spend intentional time. Like one thing that I do too is I don't think it's, and this is my opinion, I don't think it's the amount of hours with your kids that you're with them. I think it's the intentional hours, right? You could be sitting with your kids for three hours watching Netflix on your phone and that's not, you know, being the best use of time, right? And so I'm really intentional with my kids. I take all my kids other than the baby because he's not old enough yet, but on one-on-one -on -one dates, I do that once a month. That's been a game changer where I just connect with them. It's whatever they want to do. It's not what I want to do, right? So we get to spend a lot of time. That's been a good thing for us that I do. So just really intentional just to walk in these areas every day, but not so, and don't beat myself up about the time, right? Different seasons call for, for different things, right? But it doesn't mean you can't be intentional. So those are some of the things that I do um, to just really connect with my kids and try to be a good dad, be a good husband yeah. uh, to, to the family. That's strong, man. Bro, final things, man, you want to say to a group, you're standing in a room, you got a hundred, you know, let's say a thousand kingdom-minded real estate investors wanting to leverage real estate for kingdom influence. What do you say, man? What what would be your, your advice to, to to a room like that and that that are real estate minded, that are entrepreneurial minded, that are kingdom minded? Any any departing words? I would say uh number one, it's our job to to take as much money in this world for the kingdom, right? And what I talked about is making the money matter, right? Like I take that seriously. If somebody's out getting a loan that does isn't a kingdom entrepreneur, that that money could be going to the wrong places, right? And that's how I think from a warrior mindset. And when you do that, like that's, you can tell I'm getting fired up. Like with that mindset, that gets you ready for the day. And I think if you step into that, like you deserve that money, right? Like if you know in your heart, it's between you and God, not what other people think of your intentions or where your heart's at. And if you got the right heart and the right intentions, you deserve to win, right? You deserve to have that money and you need to walk in that. I think that was a struggle for me for years. Like, oh, I don't deserve all this and that. And when that changed, you just strap up and you go and we got to take it back for the kingdom. I think that's the biggest thing is walking your day with that mindset is I got to win this or the devil or somebody, the enemy is going to get this, right? If I don't get this and you don't know who's on the other side. And I think that's the biggest thing that I would say is, just show up, step into faith and come in with that mindset on a daily basis. And let's go take it back for the kingdom. That's good, bro. That's good. Guys, go check out my man, Chris, on Instagram at totalqualitylending.com, especially if you're in need of some financing on home, your, your home loan, a rental property, whatever it is, Chris's team will help you out. They're lending in a bunch of different states. Uh, Chris, man, pumped to know you. Looking forward to doing some more business together, bro. So thanks for coming on today. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time.
Thanks, bro. Hey, guys, I don't ask you for nothing on this show except to leave me a five-star review uh, and share this. I mean, think about it. You just don't know how, how this episode can change someone's life. So all we ask, take a screenshot, share this on social media, and go and leave a five-star written review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.